averaging the fewest air yards per attempt. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yards per attempt. everybody welcome in another edition yards per attempt it is the 23rd day of november thanksgiving week happy thanksgiving to you and yours out there hope you enjoy the day with friends and family and be safe as always we are coming off a raiders last second loss to the kansas city chiefs in an unbelievable sunday night football game number one it was good to see the raiders back in prime time after they were robbed earlier in the season against the Buccaneers. And it was good to see a Raiders team, despite the loss, go toe-to-toe with the Super Bowl champions and Patrick Mahomes. I have a lot to say about this game. I have a lot to say about the Raiders moving forward. I'm not going to sit here and say a loss is good. A loss is not good, especially in the AFC with so many good playoff teams and teams in the mix. Every game counts. Every win counts. Every loss counts. The Raiders had opportunities to win this football game. The Raiders had opportunities to sweep the Kansas City Chiefs head-to-head in 2020 and fell flat, and it sucks. That would have been a huge, monumental shift in team confidence and personality, being able to take down the champs twice in one season and get within one game of first place. But it didn't happen. They fall back to 6-4. and the same exact spot they were in last year with some games that they quote-unquote should win coming up. And hopefully this is a a different Raiders team that could take the step and be a playoff team. Because you know what? Despite the loss, they played like a playoff team last night. They played like not only a playoff team, they played like a team that can go into the playoffs and do some damage. Post-game last night, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid all said it. Vegas gave us everything we wanted. And you know what? As crazy as it sounds, there's an opportunity that the Raiders and Chiefs meet again in January. And I guarantee you the Chiefs want nothing to do with the Raiders a third time. Because in both games, each team went back and forth. The Raiders actually outscored the Kansas City Chiefs in both of these games. And they end up with a split, which is is common with two good teams in a good division. The main thing I want to get into today, Andy Reid coming off a bye where you give him so much time to come up with a game plan, came up with the most John Gruden West Coast offense he could imagine. The Chiefs essentially morphed into the San Francisco 49ers of the late 80s, 90s, and what the Raiders try to be today. What is that? That is ball control, that is the run game, and that is the pass game, the short pass game, being an extension of the running game. The Chiefs ran 73 plays. The Chiefs had 36 first downs. The Chiefs held on to the ball for 32 minutes. That was their game plan. And think about it, folks. Their game plan was to keep the Raider offense off the field. Because you know why? Because they know they can't stop it. So kudos to Andy Reid. Andy Reid got the best of Gruden by becoming John Gruden. 
by taking his high-powered Kansas City Chief offense that just throws the ball down the field with the best quarterback in the National Football League and dinked and dunked the Raiders to death. That's all they did. The Chiefs were on the field all day long. The Raiders were sitting back in that soft zone, not wanting to give up big plays, and the Chiefs took everything the Raiders could give them. Every single third down, every single fourth down, it seemed like they got nine yards on every second down they ran all game. The longest pass play was the Kelsey touchdown at the end. So you give Andy Reid, and everybody read the stats, everybody knows Andy Reid off a of bye. I was sick about here. I was sick of hearing it, just as I was sick about hearing the bus ride around the stadium. Enough is enough. But I'm sick about it. But you give Andy Reid that much time, and Andy Reid is a good enough head coach to adapt to what he needed to do. He knew that the Raider offense can score at will on the field, and he did his best. And the Raider, look, guys, the Raider offense did score at will. They put up points basically every time they were out there. But Andy Reid adapted his offense and told his quarterback, let's get a bunch of first downs, let's take what they give us, and let's hold on to the ball. And they did it. 36 first downs is absurd. I mean, you know, give the Chiefs credit. As much as it sucks and you want to sit here and say, hey, we could have beat them, you had your chances to beat them, but give credit to Andy Reid where it's due for the game plan for the Chiefs. Now, let's get into a, a couple other things here that were on my mind after rewatching the game again because when you watch it for the first time, I don't know about you guys, when you watch these Chief games, it just takes so much out of you emotionally when you're watching these football games because it's so back and forth, you know, and it hasn't always been like this. Obviously, Raiders have been getting their ass kicked for years and years, but now it's an emotional roller coaster because the game was so close. The game was right there. So a couple takeaways. This was Derek Carr's best game as a Raider. If you guys, people that listen to this podcast can attest to, and you watch Derek Carr game in, game out, this was his best game as a pro. And I'm not saying that because he had his best stats. His stats were really good. I'm not saying it because he put up a bunch of yards. If you watched him, and everybody has said it, the broadcast said it, Collinsworth and Al said it, people, you could just tell how in control he was of this offense. How poised he is in the pocket. Moving around. Now again, the protection's good, and we'll get into the O-line in a little bit, which is playing out of its mind. But the, the, there's a couple throws that stand out in this game when you're just like, wow. Like, two years ago, Carr wouldn't have made this throw. Number one, the TD to Witten. It had a lot of similarities to the, to the throw to Michael Crabtree to beat the Chiefs a couple years back, where it, it wasn't a design rollout to the left, but that kind of throw, the front pylon, was an unbelievable throw. He bought time. He went through three, four, five progressions and saw Jason Witten and put a strike right in his chest. And the throws that really get me excited for where Carr is and his maturity as a quarterback, how about the throw to Derek Carrier? How about in his face putting a nice touch, kind of like a wheel to Derek Carrier for a first down? That's an unbelievable throw with guys in his face. He did it to, to Waller in the third quarter where... When, he, when he's throwing it, he's throwing it across his body, but he had the wherewithal to know that it was a defensive end that wasn't going to jump the route. But these are the throws that you want to see from Derek. These are the things that you want to see in the pocket. The awareness, the mobility. 
Again, he used his legs last night to get some first downs. But not only that, the Chiefs, again, didn't get to him as much as they probably wanted to, but they were disruptive in the pocket, and he just moved around and did things. He is absolutely in complete control of this offense. He is basically John Gruden with a cannon for an arm out there. He could do anything he wants in this offense. He could throw it to anybody. He can, he can get it. He could fit it anywhere. Short throws, intermediate throws. Derek Carr is the least concern you should have right now as a Raider fan, and it's so fun to watch. Like, there was never a time last night where I sat back and said, ah, you know, the offense is out of rhythm. They're just not going to, you know, not going to do it here. Even though they were stopped in a couple times. But he's just putting the ball where it needs to go. Do I want to see it go to Waller more? Yes. Do I want Jacobs out of the backfield a little bit more? Yes. Do I want to see it to, to go to Ruggs more? Yes. And let's get, let's get to Ruggs here for a second. Everybody's up in arms about the targets for Ruggs. I get it. I want to see Henry Ruggs put up the stats, too. You look around the NFL, Chase Claypool, Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, all these guys making instant impacts with targets all over the place. But I'll say this to you. Are you going to get Henry Ruggs' targets and disrupt the flow of the offense? Obviously, Ruggs is not getting into targets for a reason. It's not like the dude is on the sideline not playing. He's out there. So it's a combination of a bunch of things. If you watch a lot of the tape and you watch a lot, a lot of the things that are going on on the field, he's drawn double teams. Gruden is using him, as much as this sucks to hear, as more of a decoy now than a weapon in this offense. He's using him as a chess piece to move the defense around to get guys opened up, to get Nelson Aguilar opened up, to get Darren Waller open in the middle of the field. That's what Ruggs' role is now on the team. That's not to say that Ruggs is not going to be a complete receiver. That's not to say that Ruggs is a complete bust. Just because he's not scoring two touchdowns a game and being Tyree Kill right away doesn't mean the guy's career is over. We are so rushed to judge a rookie. I mean, again, a rookie that didn't have a preseason, that didn't have time to adapt, missed a couple games with injuries, and I'm not sitting up here making, making excuses. Bottom line, guys, the Raider offense is rolling right now, and Ruggs is a part of it. He just is not the focal point of the offense right now. Carr doesn't, you know, Carr is obviously looking towards Nelson Aguilar more than he is Henry Ruggs for whatever reason. And it could be, again, that, that Ruggs is not getting open. He's not getting off the line. He's drawing double teams. A bunch of things. Because it's not like you could say that Carr is looking at his first read and taking his first read. You know, back in the day, two years ago, everybody complained about Derek. Ah, he's a one-read quarterback. As soon as he drops back first read, he throws it to him. And maybe that was the case with a crappy offensive line. But that, that ain't the case anymore. That is not the case anymore with Derek. He is going through his progressions and finding the open receiver. And if Ruggs is not getting open, he's not getting the ball. Can John Gruden di dial up more design plays for Henry Ruggs? Yeah. Can we see more jet sweeps? Yeah. Would yeah. I like to see a freaking slant to Ruggs once? Yes. I don't understand why that's not even a part of the offense. That's West Coast to a T. Give him a slant, let him run. Jerry Rice and John Taylor did it for years. So would I want to see that from Henry Ruggs? Absolutely. But I'm not going to go nuts that Henry Ruggs isn't getting the targets when the offense is playing like a top five offense in the National Football League. It's, it's just stupid. He'll get his touches. He'll get his looks at the right time. In the Kansas City game, when they weren't expecting it, when they didn't respect it, he ran by the defense and had his best game as a pro. 
So maybe teams are taking it away. Maybe it's just not there. Maybe it's Carr not trusting him as much as he should be because we know how DC gets with that. We saw it with Amari Cooper. We saw it with a bunch of guys. So there's a lot of factor with Rhodes. But let's pump the brakes. He's not a bust. He's not, you know, one of these guys that's going to struggle in the NFL. He's not Darius Hayward Bay. Everybody chill out. Rugs will be fine. The touches will come. Now, one of the plays I wanted to hit on offensively, and then we'll switch to the defense, was the fade to Brian Edwards. Now, as I mentioned before, the Raiders had opportunities. They had two to three opportunities to make this a double-digit lead, and they failed to do it. And you can't do that versus Kansas City Chiefs. You can't, number one, kick field goals. That's number one. Number two, you got to put points on the board. It sucks to say that versus the Kansas City Chiefs, you have to score every possession. It's just with the Raider defense the way it is, you have to score every possession. The points has to be there every possession. Touchdowns are a must, if not field goals. But touchdowns, you have to score touchdowns. They had opportunities to make this a two-score game, and they didn't. And the one that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I love Brian Edwards. I want Brian Edwards more involved. I wanted fades to Brian Edwards down the goal line all year long. But when they had the ball first and goal down there before halftime, you know, your third down comes, the fade to Edwards. Was it probably P.I.? Yeah, it was probably P.I. But you know what? Josh Jacobs was sitting on the sideline. And I love Devontae Booker. I, listen, I, I love him. The guy's been great. But push, put Josh Jacobs, put 28 in the game, give him the ball, let him score a touchdown. That's what Josh Jacobs does. Now, the fade works. We're not sitting here with the same conversation. And I think that fade to Edwards will come back later in the season. I think it's something they want to get more on the offense. But third down fades to a rookie wide receiver, you limit yourself. Put the bell cow in the game, give Jacobs the ball. Now, they kind of got away from Jacobs a little bit. And a lot of it had to do with the game plan and, you know, the throwing attack. And Jacobs didn't get as many carries as he used to. But that was more to do with the Andy Reid Chiefs offense controlling the ball more than it was the Raider game plan. The Raiders just didn't have the ball as much as they should late in the game to give Josh Jacobs the ball to run out the clock. So I think that was more of a factor. I want to see more Jacobs, but I wanted to see Josh Jacobs on the goal line. And just because it's Devontae Booker's set, maybe it's the third set and you want to give Jacobs a rest, I get it. But if Booker's can't get in in first and second down, put your guy that you drafted in the game and let him score. Let him go up top. Let him get in the end zone. That's what you pay him to do. And in that spot, you go into halftime with a two-score lead, you feel a hell of a lot better than you did going in with 17-14. So that kind of didn't tick me off. But those are the, the, the plays against this team that have to happen for you to beat this team. Everything went right in the first game versus Kansas City. Everything. Everything went the Raiders' way. And for the most part, everything went the Raiders' way last night. Except those little things. And those are the things that come back and bite you in the ass versus this team. All right. Let's get to the defense. And I'm not here to sit. And people have come at me on social media this morning. And I've seen it a little bit. Kind of, We're not here to call out players. We're not here to, to call out guys and say it was your fault. It was your fault. Look, they, they win, you win as a team, you lose as a team. As much as, as a cliche as it is, that's the truth. But Damon Arnett and Jonathan Abram have to calm down. They are so wild out there on the defensive side of the ball, it's costing the Raiders opportunities to get off the field. Now, we can all look at the last play of the game. No doubt, it was a miscommunication between Jonathan Abram and Nick Kukowski. 
Now, Krakowski could have went with Travis Kelsey and ran with him a little bit. Yeah. But Jonathan Abram saw Patrick Mahomes scrambling, flew up there for the kill shot, and left Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in, in the National Football League, wide open for a touchdown. It can't happen. It can't happen with Damon Arnett missing tackles. If you're going to be not a shutdown corner, and he's still a young player, you're not going to shut down the team's best receiver, you need to tackle. The Raider tackling is so freaking sloppy. So sloppy. If you're going to play a soft defense in a zone, you have to be able to come up and make a tackle. That's it. Bottom line. It happened in the Buccaneer game. That long pass play. You got to be able to have the guy catch it in front of you and tackle. The tackling was atrocious last night. And Abram and, and Arnett are, are two talented players. I think they're going to be on the Raiders for a long time. I think they're both going to be good players. But Abram, at times, early in the game, on the third down, perfectly timed blitz. But he's so, his legs are ahead of himself. He's 1,000 miles an hour. He's got to play with better discipline. He brings the energy to the defense. We had Jeff Heath on Silver and Black Radio on Sirius XM last week. He said, we feed off of Jonathan Abrams' energy. And I'm here for that. I understand that. I, I, I get it. I want them to. But Abram needs to calm down. And is that because he's basically a rookie? He missed all last year? You want to give these guys a benefit of the doubt. Look, guys, this is a young football team. This is a really, really young defense going up against the best offense in the National Football League, probably the best head coach, and definitely the best quarterback. And they, they stood toe-to-toe with them. But to, to win these games, to win playoff games, you need these guys in the secondary to start playing with some di- discipline. Or it's, it's, the point is moot. The defense will never get it. And I, I just want to see more. I want to see more discipline from Jonathan Abram. Arnett played good at times. Obviously, the matchup versus Travis Kelsey wasn't good for him. Kelsey's a matchup nightmare for a lot of different guys, so I'm not going to kill Arnett on that. He's still learning on the fly. But you want these guys, if Arnett is not going to cover guys and he's going to give up catches, he better damn sure tackle guys. And he just missed so many tackles. It's so frustrating to see. And the other thing last night that was terrible was the defensive ends. Look, I love Max Crosby. Again, he played his ass off last night. He gives you 115%. But the Raider defensive ends are horrific setting the edge. They are absolutely terrible. On the, on the last play to Kelsey, Nassib goes inside. Mahomes has a clear rollout to the right. There's nobody within 10 yards of him. You can't let that happen. Arden Key has had trouble with that his entire career. Max, too. I mean, Gruden said it yesterday, said it today or yesterday. I don't know what it was. We tried a stunt. It didn't work. The Raider defensive ends, and this is where they miss Cleveland Farrell. As much as we want to sit here and mock Farrell, I mean, he does a good job of that. He does a good job of setting the edge. He's good against the run. They missed him yesterday, no doubt. No doubt they missed him. But again, it comes back to lack of discipline, right? And it, it, does, does Paul Gunther teach these guys? Does Paul Gunther have the conversation with Arden Key? With Crosby, the young players, Carl Nassib's a veteran. Hey, guys, don't let Mahomes break contain. Keep him in the pocket. You did such a good job of that, and I don't know why they didn't do that. I don't know why they didn't have Arden Key spying him again like they did in the second half of the first game. There's some things on defense that just scratch your head. For the most part, the defense did a good job. I know they gave up 30 points. I know they gave up a lot of yards. I get it. 
But again, you're going against the best quarterback in the National Football League with the best offensive weapons all around the board. So you knew you're going to give up points. You knew you're going to give up yards. But you can't live with the lack of discipline. You need discipline from these guys. This young defense has to learn on the fly. They're going to go into the playoffs, hopefully as a double-digit win team, and play really good football teams. You can't have mental lapses. You can't miss tackles. You can't do these things, or you're going to be one and done. Or last year, when you're 6-4, and four, and you, you go into to play teams that you should beat, and you get down on yourselves, and you play like crap, and you lose. That's the losing mentality that this team has tried to change for a long time. The young players need to be the players to change that mindset. Hey, we, can, we, we lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, but we could have won that game if we changed a couple things. You should go beat the Atlanta Falcons. You should go beat the Jets. You should go beat the Chargers. There's no excuses. But I just want, I want, as much as I love Jonathan Abrams' wild side when he comes up and, and lays the boom like Jack Tatum used to, I, I love those plays. But you hate to see the plays where he just totally loses his mind and is flying around the field. Same thing with Damon Arnett. They got to be better. Guys on the defense have to be better. Hopefully Littleton comes back. Hopefully Mo Hurst comes back. Burrow comes back. Hopefully guys get back. That's the biggest key now down the stretch, getting these guys back. John Gruden just announced today Richie Incognito's out for the season. You kind of saw that coming. Older player, Achilles. We talked about it last week on the pod. It's rough. But, look, the offensive line is the least of my concerns right now. The offensive line is playing out of its mind. Tom Cable should be up for assistant coach of the year. Brandon Parker is playing awesome. Who the hell in their, mind, their right mind saw Brandon Parker playing this well? Only Tom Cable. Seriously. He was the only guy to go to bat for Brandon Parker. The only reason Brandon Parker is on this Raider team is because Tom Cable beat the drum for him. That's it. He'd been cut a long time ago. Kudos to Brandon Parker. And I, I want to say it again. Say it with me on this podcast. Rodney Hudson... Gabe Jackson, Denzel Good. I, I tweeted earlier today. I said, if Incognito comes back, I'm not so sure he can get his job back. Or he should get his job back. Denzel Good's playing that well. So it looks like for the foreseeable future, and Colt Miller, Good, Rodney, Gabe, who the hell knows with Trent Brown, but you know what? Brandon Parker's playing really, really well. And the Raiders are going to have a conversation, are going to have to have a conversation after the year. If Brandon Parker continues to play this well, can you move on from Trent Brown? Can you save that money? I don't have the cap situation in front of me right now, but do you move on from Trent Brown and say, you know what, let's go with Brandon Parker. He's earned it. Who the hell would have thought that conversation was possible before the season started? This is why they play the games, folks. This is why they play the games. Kudos to Brandon Parker. Kudos to the whole offensive line. Carr is back there picking teams apart, and the offensive line is, is playing their ass off. So... Look, I'm, I wanted that game bad last night. I know Gruden won that game bad. All of us wanted that game bad. Getting to 7-3 and three with a sweep of the Chiefs, we would have been in prime position. But the season is not over by any stretch of imagination. The offense is a top three offense in the NFL. In the NFL. They could beat you any different way you want. And they're playing like it. And there's no stopping it. It's only going to get better. It's only going to get better when Ruggs gets more involved. Jacob's down the stretch, who seems like he gets stronger. Brian Edwards into the mix. It's only going to get better, folks, on offense. 
It can only get better on offense. And you have number four back there playing the best football of his career. The defense, like we say every week on this podcast, just has to be middle of the road, and this team could do damage. Middle of the road. You're not going to play Patrick Mahomes every week. Next week, you have a tough task. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Kevin Ridley. Falcons aren't going to be an easy beat. They're not. You're going to East Coast, 1 o'clock game Eastern time. That's not an easy game, even though the Falcons don't have a great record. The Falcons are a dangerous football team who cannot be taken lightly. But if you're going to be a playoff team, you're going to be a team that does damage in 2020, you win this game next week. You go on a streak. The Chiefs were the toughest opponent you had. You go on a winning streak. You take care of business versus the Falcons and Jets, and then we see where we are versus Indianapolis. So kudos to Andy Reid in the game plan last night. Kudos to the Chiefs out there. As much as it pains me to say, it was a really, really entertaining game to watch. Watching it again made me even more crazy that, I, that they didn't win the football game. And the last thought I'll leave with here. How cool, you know, it's kind of sad in a way, but how cool would it have been to be, to be in that building last night, to feel that energy? A Sunday night football game versus the Chiefs, toe-to-toe, touchdowns all over the place. It was kind of eerie and kind of sad to hear no fans, to hear the guys just celebrating with total silence on the field. I can't wait till next year when people are in that building going crazy for this football team, going crazy for this young building football team. That's it, everybody. Again, have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Eat a lot, drink a lot. Let's go get another W. Just win, baby. Have a good week, everybody.